Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. I'm Richard Keyes. And I'm a very injured Andrew Gray. Yes, we will explain more in just a moment. <laughs> there is, for the first time, no, not the first time, uh, the second time. Last week was the first, of course. Oh. Wasn't it? There's the best part of three and a half yeah. thousand miles between us. Um, yeah. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, we will explain more. Anyway, another busy week of football behind us. Uh, this is our respite in many ways, Andy, this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I like to think of it as a glorious oasis for us because we can do what we want. We generally do. Uh, it can yeah. be a little bit yeah. organic. That's a very modern word, I think. Uh, but it's also a place what where we can talk about, well, it, it, it grows from beneath. It has its own pace. Okay. Um, right. And, gotcha. and we can debate anything we like, anything that we feel is important. We can talk to anybody mm-hmm. we want to. And we've had some top guests across the early episodes. Do, if you're listening for the first time, do go back and take a listen to the likes of Joey Barton, Alan Pardew from Sofia, uh, now in charge at Siska as uh, director of football. Uh, Paul Robinson, the former mm-hmm. England goalkeeper. Robert Huth, title winner with Chelsea and Leicester. The legendary Liam Brady, Derek Johnston, Nigel de Jong, <laughs> Peter Reid, Dwight York. And there are loads more like it. Lots of great chat and discussion. And obviously a little bit of a chuckle up, as the late, Gray Wil- uh, late great Ray Wilkins would have said. Um, and, and naturally, yeah. um, talking to Ray, there's a little bit of sadness in there as well. In short, yeah. some great stories from our guests. Uh, if you want to get in touch, do please at Keys and Gray uh, podcast. I always get po- pod at Keys and Gray pod, uh, and you have to spell it out A N D at Keys that. and Gray pod, and we're available on both Twitter and Instagram. Our guest today will be joining us shortly from Miami, so we really are once again Ooh. spreading our wings yeah. around the world. It was India last week; it's Miami this. 
And I I, I should add, Andy, that this is a completely independent podcast. It's not owned or part of any organization. It doesn't get support from a media owner. The only support it gets is from the listeners. So thank you for that. Thank you for subscribing and sharing and spreading the word that makes this pod stronger week by week. And a very, very warm welcome to our new listeners. Uh, What what am I describing, Andy? I consist of four provinces. Okay. I was once territory of yeah. the Roman Empire. That could apply to a lot of places, I suppose. A lot uh, of places, yeah. Contentiously, yeah, yeah. we voted for independence recently. This is not Scotland. That That's going to happen in May. Oh, right. Um, no, no. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is. No, it's you, not. You can visit the Pyrenees from here. Uh, I have ah, a, getting there. Go on. I, I have what, a Gothic quarter. I know what we are. Well, I know, I know what country we're in, yeah. And uh, La Ramblas is the main walkthrough. Ah, Away. Correct. Um, I, I, I have no idea why, but um, to all of you uh, from Barcelona and Catalonia in general <laughs> that have joined us, you are very welcome. Uh, message to everybody, please spread the word. Tell your mates that you found us now that right. you have. Now, now, on, on. on the back of that, yeah. I have a quick word for you, Mr. Keyes. Yes. Now we've got some wonderful witnesses in Catalonia, you need to stop giving Pep Guardiola sex. All right? That's it. As far as you're concerned now, for our Catalonian listeners, he's a top man. (laughs) (laughs) I will absorb what you've said to me should he win the Champions League (laughs) this year for the first time without Lionel Messi. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. Failed to do since he left Barcelona. He has a chance. But after this week's performances, I think so too to Paris. Anyway, listen, on a serious note, um, Andy's back in the UK awaiting knee surgery. For the last 48 hours, Andy, thought long and hard about this. You come from a generation where you were often just patched up and put out. Mm -hmm. In order to Mm -hmm. play, you had to have an injection. Often. That wouldn't, that couldn't happen in the modern game. As you sit there now, waiting for a knee replacement, having had a hip replacement, do you look back with anger, annoyance, regret that you kept turning out week after week after week at great cost to your health? None of the above, Richard, if I'm honest. You know me, and um, as well as most. And I have to say that at the age I'm at now, and the career I was able to have, I played, I made my debut at 17 as a professional. I made my last performance when I was 33, nearly 34, at the top level in Glasgow, the Rangers. And, you know, representing my country, one thing. Now, if I'm, the price I have to pay for that is, is a new knee and a new, and a new hip. Uh, that, for me, was a price worth paying. Uh, admittedly, um, as you're quite right to say, back in the day, um, yes, players should have had more protection. I injected myself, not myself, but was injected at various times with so many cortisone injections to get me on a football pit half an hour before kickoff um, with not a care or worry about what was going to happen in the future. Um, so in that case, the players are so much better off now. They have so much power themselves, Richard. In those days, you had to do what you were told. It was as simple as that. Um, and I did uh, take injections, particularly when I was young, because I wanted to play. And, and I didn't want to disappoint the coach I was with, and I didn't want to disappoint 
my teammates or the fans I was playing for. So I, I've had many injections, you know, to various parts of my body to get around a football pitch. But I have no, I have no regrets about that now as I sit here waiting, waiting on a replacement knee to come in. No, none at all. How many times would you guesstimate that you were injected before you went out to play? Wow. And where, Andy? Where? Well, let me start. Um, top of my body, I would say shoulder. Um, and the shoulder there, uh, into my stomach, straight into my stomach, uh, injected there, injected into my thigh, um, injected into my knee, uh, ankles on numerous occasions uh, with cortisone. So pretty much uh, up and down into my glutes as well. I've got a couple of problems there. So pretty much all over my body that uh, I was injected at various times to, to get me on a football pitch. So you would get through 90 minutes. What was the price to pay for that? What was the reaction? Nah. Well, have you got time for one quick story? <laughs> Andy. It's our podcast. We've got as much time as we I know. We want. Oh, I know. I know. I'm conscious of our guest. I've got no, 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 no. We'll, he'll be fine. He, right. right. Well, here's a quick one for you. I played for Aston Villa, right? And, and I'm, I've had a great couple of seasons. I'm playing up again. I'm arguably the best player. Uh, and we play, of all teams, Port Vale. Now, you'd think Port Vale wouldn't, uh, wouldn't put up much of a fight in a cup tie, in every cup tie, right? So you'd think that Villa could beat them without me um, back then. Because there's so many good players. But we'd had a couple of FA results coming into this cup tie. And I'd had a bad ankle. And I was about a week away. And I went down to the game and Saunders came to me and said, listen, do you mind, why don't you have a little go out there? So the physio strapped up. Hold on, sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Saunders being Ron Saunders, Villa manager at the time. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. Yes, Ron Saunders, sorry. Yeah. And uh, he said, would you have a try? I'd really like you to play. I said, um, okay. So I went out and tried. It was hopeless. I hobbled about. Came back in. I said, I'm struggling, boss. It's not good. He says, listen, I really need you to play. I said, well, why? He says, well, if they pick up the team seat next door and they see you're not on it, it's going to give them such a lift. And, you know, if they pick it up and they see your name's on it, it's not. They're going to be petrified and it'll help us. I said, well, I don't know what I can do. And the physio said, well, I could strap your ankle up so it doesn't move. <laughs> he says, and I'll probably get you through it. I says, well, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm willing to try it. I'm, I'm not happy, but I'm, I'll try it. And the went, well, can we have a go then? So he strapped up my ankle to that, like a horseshoe. They call it, a, I think, a horseshoe strapping. When your ankle doesn't move at all, it's just rigid. So I went out, put my boots on. Um, felt terrible, but I went and played. Played 45 minutes. And I think we were winning 3-0. Uh, I, I hadn't affected the game at all. I just, I was, I was just there. Came in off at half time because I couldn't go any further, and I was out for six weeks after that. Wow. When I would have been back in a week. So that's that's the kind of things that, that can happen by having injections and wrapping up and playing when you should. But that was just one example of what we did back then. I want you and to I tell me another one in a minute. A lot of players like I, I know the story. I want you to share it though. Um... But but the, the knee you're waiting to have replaced now, six different operations on that knee. Yeah, yeah. From I started at Dundee United, one of my mates caught me in a practice match and um, that was my first cartilage operation. 
And then from there, it was, and I think mainly because I'm left-footed, Richard, and, uh, you know, when you're, when you're controlling the ball and you're using your strong side, you're keeping that ball away from defenders, it's your right side that gets the punishment that has to brace all the challenges nine times out of ten in that situation. So the right side took a bit of stick and uh, various operations throughout the next 17 years. Um, yeah, on, on that knee. On that knee. Twice failed medicals when you made big moves. One to Wolves mm. when you were the most expensive player in the country. <laughs> One to Everton mm. when, uh, towards the back end of your career, it wasn't quite as significant. But that knee obviously no. plagued you from the time that you were a teenager. Yeah, I mean, it was just plagued me. I mean, I, I was aware of it and it didn't affect me until uh, much later in my career. But I, I had to... I had to, as I got in my mid-twenties to late-twenties, I'd have to tailor the things I did on a football pitch. I wasn't as reckless for a start uh, because I couldn't be because, you know, money was having been operated so many times. It was uh, it, There was a weakness in there. Mm. And so I had to take care a little bit. So I wasn't as... I didn't have as much bravado in my game as I got older and tended to use the head more. But, uh, yeah, but I, 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 I mean, yes, I was aware of it and I had to take... Uh, anti-inflammatories pretty much daily for my whole career almost um, to keep the swelling down and I was often sitting with ice on my knee at various times and after training sessions just to keep the knee under control. Yeah, I had to do all these sort of things. So I had to sort of tailor my training and, and, and what I did in my recovery very much with my knee in mind. See, I, I'm guessing that example you told us about um trying to get ready to play against Port Vale, wasn't isolated. Mm. And, and as you talk, my, my mind is, is uh, cast back to the reason you fell out yeah. with Ron Saunders, which is because he felt you were cheating your teammates not available to play in a big European Cup game against Barcelona. Now, I, I, that, that's rough rough idea for those that are listening. What? happened, you, you you put the meat on it. Yeah, it wasn't so much that that, that uh, I was interested to play. This was, this was Ron Saunders and his magical way of man managing players. Again, we had we were drawn to play against Barcelona and the, 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 whatever we called UEFA, UEFA League or UEFA Cup, UEFA Cup, Fair Cup, whatever it was in those days. And we'd drawn 2-2 in the first leg and I had missed it because I was uh, a slight injury. But we had a half a chance. So on the Sunday prior to going to Barcelona, I was in getting treatment and full of optimism that I was going to be ready for Wednesday night. Never played at the new camp. It was going to be something special. And, you know, again, arguably as the best player, you would have thought he would have gone pushed barriers back, having asked me to do what, I, what he had the years prior to that, to get me fit and get me on the pitch. So he, he came in on the Sunday morning and he never used to come in on a Sunday because Ron was one of these coaches, and there's a lot of them, who, if you're injured, he's not really got time for you. He's only interested in the players who are fit and could do a job for him. So he came in this, this day and Sunday, find out how I was. I said, yeah, I'm not bad, boss. I'm good. He says, how does it feel? And I said, well, I should be okay for, the, for Wednesday. I've, I've no doubt about that. A few more days treatment, I should be ready to go. He says, no, 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 no. It's not what I'm asking you. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he says, I'm asking you, are you fit now? I went, what? <laughs> are you fit today? I said, well, no, of course I'm not. He said, well, I'm not I said, what? I'm not just, I and the physio's looking there, open, stood there, open mouth. I can't believe what he's hearing 
the coach say about one of his best players about to go in, who said he's, he's going to be fit, who's going to go into this game, and he's not going to take me. Not only did he not play me, he never took me. I never even travelled with the boys. Um, and he just walked, he walked away and says, no, if you can't tell me you would be able to play today, then you're not playing and I'm not taking you. Incredible. Oh, thanks very much. And then, and the reason we fell out because he, he held court, seemingly, uh, on the way back in the plane and one of, one of my mates, who's the journal, and asked, where was Andy? Because they only got beat to one villa that night and who knows what difference that might have made. Um, and obviously they were questioning him on that. And he said, well, don't ask me, ask Andy. He's let everybody down. <laughs> so when I heard that, I said, okay, Ron, see that? See, see me? See my face? Well, that's the last you're going to see it. Transfer, please. I'm, I, yeah, I've lost all respect. Can't play for you again, so I'm sorry. I, I want to go. And that was the end. That was the beginning of the end at Villa because of that. After having played so many times, so many injections, and he wouldn't give me three days and I'd have been fit to play at uh, Barcelona. Amazing. Extraordinary. It really is extraordinary. Amazing. Yeah. Now, the rest, as they say, is history. OK, one or two bits and pieces before we join our guest today. Look out for a documentary on Pele next week on Netflix. Uh, described oh, here right. as okay. naturally footballing legend who scored 12 goals in 14 World Cup matches and had so many affairs that he lost count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is... Pelly, yes, this this is the pre-match pre-documentary publi- uh, uh, publicity. Um, uh, Pele has seven known offspring. Uh, this is five of his children uh, came from his first two marriages. Um, in a new uh-huh. documentary out next week, Pele claims that he always told his wives and girlfriends that he was unfaithful. <laughs> That's just the bit I like. <laughs> But um, although that may be true, the playing field apparently was a one-way street for Pele. Um, Maria yeah. de Gracia Juja, a 57-year-old former model who started seeing Pele when she was just 17, revealed last month, he said it was an open relationship, but open only to him. So look, look out for more on Pele. Next week on Netflix, there's something uh, about. Have you seen the I picture? Can't wait to see that. Um, referee Drysdale confronting. Uh, yes. Now, there's, there's something about that, Andy, that I quite liked. He's got himself into trouble. Um, he'll almost certainly, I suppose, um, serve a suspension. But the days when you could converse with the referee on the football pitch, not quite as aggressively as that, I, I have gone yeah. forever. And, you, you know, it's a shame. And. Um, of course, he's there to keep calm and not not exacerbate situations on football pitches. But I quite like the way he stood up and said, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I know, and I know I shouldn't." Well, I did. I think no, I know I shouldn't either. But I, I think the thing that makes it that, that, that what makes it bad to people is because of that one split second, the picture, and that particular picture probably got him as his closest to the player judge and his yeah. most aggressive second to the player if you took maybe a picture two seconds three seconds later it would be less confrontational mm. and I think it just looked really because he's so tall and the player he's come against was so small it looks like he's really in his face but listen I think referees have taken so much sick it wouldn't surprise I got plenty sick from this they used to give you plenty of verbal back because they could they weren't mic'd up and they gave as good as they got back in the day trust me yeah. you can't do it these days but 
he will get a suspension, probably, probably. But uh, I just, I, like, I suppose in this PC world we live in, um, we have to condemn it. But I quite like it myself. Uh, back this week, Lee Mason, who will take the board, I believe, at Manchester United. He's not being entrusted either with a game or <laughs> with a seat in the bunker. Oh, uh, dear. But uh, Mike Dean, who also missed last weekend, asked to stand down as a result of death threats, of course, although he had mm-hmm. he had mm-hmm. refereed an FA Cup match on the Wednesday. And he's back one That's match. Great. He's back one match uh, after, or, or back one round, um, uh, a little bit like Lee Mason, which kind of got me to conclude that maybe he'd have been stood down if he hadn't been the victim of the death threats and decided to pull out anyway. But you know the game they've given him? They've given him one that they believe oh. doesn't matter. They've given him one that they believe he can take charge of and get through without causing controversy. I would suggest that knowing so it's what, Mike I'm... Dean, it, it, that, that's impossible. But the game he's been given yeah. is Burnley... West Brom. Now, <laughs> I think that is every bit as important to Burnley and West Brom as a game between well, of course maybe, I. well, the Merseyside derby, let's say. Let's say the Merseyside derby. But, but because they want to ease him back in and keep him out of the spotlight, they've given him Burnley. See, I think that's wrong. I, I, I really do. I think when, yeah. when, when they do that, um, they're, they're sending a message. We don't care so much about Burnley and West Brom as we do the Merseyside derby. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, yeah. he's got well, to find I, his way back. That, but give, give him a game in the middle of the table. Well, that's what I thought when you said to me, "Guess what game he's going to get?" I was, I was trying to think who are the mid-table teams who really are not getting relegated and who are not going to affect Europe. And I was thinking, well, that's the game you're talking about. But uh, come on, Burnley West Brom. This might be uh, West Brom one of the final chances of actually pegging a team that's just above them and pegging them back three Correct. points. And that's a huge thing for Big Sam's team. And John Dice is sitting there thinking, well, if we can beat Burnley, that's it. If we can beat West Brom, that's them gone. Mm. They can't catch us. That's how important that game is. It's their players' future. And if you want to know about futures, just think about it. I'm thinking about one of my old teams. Look at the way Villa escaped last year by the skin of their teeth, Richard. Got out of there and survived. Look at it now, 12 months down the line. Mm. Look where they are. Look how they're playing. That's what staying in the league can do to you. And, and you know, to, to suggest otherwise that Burnley and West Brom doesn't matter because it's Burnley and West Brom, nah, that's not right. Well, keep your eyes on it. We're recording Thursday night. By the time you're listening to this, the game may well have been played. But I'm making an early prediction that there will be trouble yeah. in one form or another. And by the way, Villa survived thanks only to VAR. Let's never forget that. OK. Probably. Um, now. Rubby. In reverse order, the top five favourites for the sack at the moment, and there's a purpose in this. At five, uh-huh. at 12 to one with Paddy Power, Sam Allardyce. At four, <laughs> Steve Bruce at eight to one. At three, right. Jurgen Klopp at 11 to two. At two, Roy Hodgson at 11 to two. And our current uh-huh. favourite for the sack, at seven to four, Jose Mourinho. Thoughts? Uh, uh, Klopp, I'm amazed at. Jurgen Klopp leaves Liverpool if he wants, um, in my opinion. His choice, no one else is at the moment. Why would anyone think he's third favourite for the, the sack? It's beyond me. 
particularly after the magnificent win they had and, uh, against Leipzig. I, I just think there's uh, a strange the smell about Anfield, Andy. There's something that's not quite right, but I can't put yeah, my finger on it. Yeah, I get that. But Richard, they're not going to sack Klopp. Come on. You honest to think that the, the owners are going to sack Jürgen Klopp? No. I think that if, if, no. if they were to part company, it would be Klopp's decision, I agree. No. Jose Mourinho is a really interesting <laughs> one. What did he say? 74 favourite? 72. 72 favourite, yeah. Wow. 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 How do you feel about that? Do you, get, do you think so? Do well, you, do you think I, that's I, fair? I think it's probably something that we should put to our guest who knows more about okay. Tottenham Hotspur than most. Um, part of the famous five, the famous five being Ily Dimitrescu, wow. Jürgen Klinsmann, Teddy Sheringham, Nicky Barmby, and our guest, Darren Anderton, who once turned down the chance to play for Manchester United, but committed a far greater football sin than that. And we will discuss yeah. during the course of our he conversation. Did. <laughs> I, I, he yeah. did, and I'm going to pull him up for it in a minute. I'm telling you now. I, I wondered if you'd know. Let's say a very good morning <laughs> in Miami to Darren Anderton. Uh, Darren, da Darren, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you all doing? Uh, well, oh, we're good, Darren. We're very, very good. I'm good, Darren. He's maybe not as good as I am, but um, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> where are you, Darren, and why are you where you are? Um, I'm in California, so we are in just outside a place called Monterey, which oh, is about 15 minutes away from Pebble oh. Beach. Oh. which is very oh. nice at the moment. Um, my wife is from this area, so I'm quite happy to be out here, especially at the moment. Um, funny it's a tough year for enough. everyone. Yeah, funny enough, Darren, Richard and I know that area quite well. We, When we were in the California working on one of the big tournaments, we actually flew from Los Angeles and stayed the night in Monterey and played Pebble Beach, which was Did you? phenomenal. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it? Beautiful. The whole area, I mean, it's got more than just Pebble Beach. I mean, you know, the, the APT and Pro-Am normally plays at Spyglass and MPCC and all those courses. I mean, in Cyprus, I mean, it's, uh, you certainly don't get bored of golf here, <laughs> believe me. No. We, we're Stop all going it. to have Stop to live it. with I know, you delay, don't, I know you don't guys. get bored. So let me, first of all, Andy, uh, correct uh, misinformation that I've already said. Uh, uh, Darren is not in Miami. He's in California. He's he's in uh, mm -hmm. yeah. he's Monterey. Uh, I'll tell you a story about that, Darren. We played we played Pebble, Andy and myself. Made the mistake of not playing it the <laughs> yeah. following morning. We 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 came home, but we thought we'll go into Monterey tonight. We'll dine out. Uh, so we went okay. to we went to the reception desk at the golf club and said, "Can you book <laughs> us a table?" Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. What sort of time? And I said, "Well, eight o'clock." Eight o'clock. Oh, oh good I, luck. I thought, well, it's obviously a busy time, you know. I didn't realise that every restaurant in Monterey was shut at half past seven. I mean, the place just closes down, doesn't it? It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's probably why, you know, you're lucky that I'm, I'm up so early now. You know, that people get up early and go to bed early here. 
uh, make the most of the day, I suppose. But yeah, believe me, I felt the same way when I first came. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of used to it now, going out for dinner at six o'clock. Straight <laughs> yeah. off the golf course. <laughs> eight yeah, eight o'clock and we were absolutely the last two probably. people in the restaurant. It was it was daft. Yeah. Ab- ab- absolutely. It, it, it's crazy, isn't it? But yeah, I guess the, we used to close the restaurants and bars down in London now bit easier to do here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, uh, a number of things that I'd like to discuss. One, what was it like being part of the famous five? Uh, it was it was great. It was great fun. Um, exciting times. I think it almost was the start of where the Premier League really turned screw in terms of the quality, with obviously Jürgen being the, the main signing and reason because of that. And, of course, everyone followed too. Um, it was so much fun to play for Oddie. It was, I mean, you both know him very well. I'm sure what a good guy he is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. The way he wants your team to play. You know, you have meetings when things aren't going well. You know, well, what, what about our tape when we lose the ball? And he's like, no, no, <laughs> let's, let's look at this room. You, this, this room shouldn't give the ball away. And, it, and that was his response. And if he, you know, if yeah. he knew, just go get it back. Um, it was such a shame that it didn't work out um, and that teams worked out how to play against us which was obviously if you defend well you know you'll get chances and hit them on the counter attack but you know some big games that I always remember that you know the first game Jürgen's first game at Sheffield Wednesday I mean what a day and what a you know it was it was everything that everyone wants to watch wasn't it you know and for you know TV to be to watch and entertain uh, and that's that's what that team did unfortunately very tough to win trophies and that sort of thing I suppose but uh Jerry Francis came in after that and made us defend properly. And with those players, we were always going to um, create chances, weren't we? So mm. it was the thing is, it wasn't the, the, the famous five. There was literally, you know, when we go forward, it was, you know, full, both fullbacks bomb on, you know, um, one fitting central midfielder and, and two centre backs. So two centre-backs, it was, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, really. But but for the five, it was pretty good fun. <laughs> Do you see anything of Jurgen now? Because you're not too far apart over there, are you? Yeah, no, he's down probably five or six hours down in Santa Barbara. So uh, spoke to him. I think he's. I'd love to see him get back involved. And obviously, I don't, you know, want to <laughs> preempt things or anything. But I think that one day that maybe he could end up back at Spurs, which I think everyone Boy, what are you happy doing? about. What are you seeing? Are you doing <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what, Andy? I sense that we um, were going. I sense we were going in a different direction. There. I spoke to him the other day, and uh, 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 maybe one day he'll go yeah. back to. <laughs> 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 exactly. I have to say, Darren, I, he, oh, is, he is. He is really. I. I mean, I. I think he's brilliant. I don't think the Germans get Jurgen. Yeah, he, he's Marmite, isn't he? Um, in in some no. respects, we love him. They. Yeah. They really don't like him at all. But I'm like you. I would love to see him back involved. So when do you think it will be? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I tell you what, I've been, it's been a bit of a struggle getting up early to watch the Premier League games here, and you know the Spurs games. They've been a little bit tough to watch, I think, and it's um, a lot of frustration amongst you know former players and you know fans. But you know, I. Mourinho, I think we all knew what it was going to be like, and I don't think this is a surprise the way that he sets his teams out to play. And hopefully, we can win something. That's why everyone keep kept throwing at pots, and um, the football was, you know, fantastic. The young players that came through, um, 
turned into really top, top players. But we want to win something. And, you know, we're in a final. Uh, the way that Man City are going is obviously going to be, yes. be a hell of a shock for anyone to beat yes. them at the moment. But if anyone, if any, if you want a manager to go and play yeah, City yeah. and shut up yeah. and make it difficult, then Jose's the man. Yeah, so who see, knows? Darren, do you? I mean, I, before you joined us, Andy and I were discussing right now, we're favourite with Paddy Power to be the next man sacked, Jose Mourinho, 7-4, to four, Andy. Yeah. You were right. Um, what what do Tottenham fans want? Do they do they want a trophy more than they want to enjoy watching the sort of football that Pochettino delivered that got you close but obviously not close enough? I think that's a difficult one. I think they obviously they want both, um, which mm, is yeah, very yeah. tough. Um, but then you have to decide. You know, you're not going to get both with Jose and under Poch, we didn't get both either. So. Uh, you have to be careful what you wish for. Um, I think that when Spurs beat uh, Arsenal and Manchester City earlier in the year and got the draw at Chelsea, fans were pretty happy. Mm. But mm. They, they weren't playing any different to how they are now. You know, it's it's the way they play. When you've got Harry, you've got Sonny, you've got players who can win games with just moments of magic. It's not particularly outstanding football or anything like that. Um but they were great results against Man City. I remember the top of the, they were top of the league, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, this is all amazing." The reality was, it wasn't amazing football, was it? It was that no. they did a job, and, no. and they did a really good job. But now, mm. when they go and play against you know your other teams, where you, you know, Tottenham fans expect when you play at home to teams in probably the bottom half to play a certain brand of football, to create opportunities, to score goals, and have very good players to watch, which they still have. But you've got to get the ball to those sort of players in the in the right areas of the pitch and let them go and express themselves. That's not happening at the moment. That, that's frustrating. Yeah, Darren, let me let me ask you about the players. I mean, how how long do you think? I mean, most of these guys that were that are there, most of them, vast majority of them, were were there on the pot playing a, a, yeah. a brand of football you there that was really pleasing on the eye, that was good to watch, it was progressive, it was adventurous. Never quite got them over the line. Yeah. And now they've had a year of duty. Do you sense in any way uh, one or two of them unsettled about the way that Tottenham are going and, and the way that they have been asked to play? Uh, possibly. I think I think with someone like Harry Kane, he's such a good <clears throat> professional and a good lad. Mm. I think, you know, when, I, when I, I spoke to him before, just, you know, once Jose got there, and, you know, Considering that Pochettino's gone, he, he was loving Jose. I mean, really, to say he was he's different class. He's a great guy. You know, his ideas are great. It all comes down to winning football matches and that sort of thing, doesn't it? And then you buy into what your manager says. If you start losing, mm-hmm. then you're going to want to you, you're going to want better. And I think there's no doubt about it. There has to be a time. You know, obviously, there's a final coming up that they'll all be looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But as a forward-thinking player, you know. You want to you you want to express yourself. You want to do good things and uh, and win football matches in a, in a good way. Um, mm. When George came, when we um, when I was playing, you know, there was lots of talk about oh George, you know, how they're going to play. I mean, he came <laughs> and replaced Christian Gross a little bit easier, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, right? And um, 
but George still George was clever, right? I mean, when we played at home, he still we were still entertaining. He, he still, you know, we all thought, you know, David would be straight out straight out the door, and but no, he, you know, George was clever. He used him well. Away games, you know, we were much more defensive, and that for me, being an attacking player, was a little bit frustrating at times. But at home, it was, you know, it was great. It was still, you know, mm-hmm. we had the players that would go and score goals. So I think. If I was there now, I you know I was a Harry Kane. I would be I would be getting pretty frustrated. I would say, right. um, you know, we keep talking about you know Harry setting up goals and then how good he is defensively. And with you know we were, I mean he's he's, he's top man. He's going to score goals in any team, I think. But um, he could play in any team, almost yeah. in the world, in my opinion. And at yeah, what point, you know, is he going to? become frustrated. Well, you're, asking, you're actually asking yourself the question I was about to, Darren, because you, you probably won't have seen it yet, but the UK press today, speculating back page, that £150 million would tempt Daniel Levy to sell Harry Kane, who's, what, 27, 28? Wow. Um, would that in yep. any way, knowing what you do about Levy and, and the way that he's, he's himself yeah. managed to that football club... Would that surprise you? Yeah. And 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 do you believe that Kane himself, at some point, has to leave in order to win medals? Uh, at the moment, it looks that way. Although we're in a final, so that's the point. But I think Harry Kane has been part of a Tottenham team that has been challenging for you know most of the time that he's been around, and that the club has always been on the up. And I think it's obviously it's getting into a Champions League final you know, a couple of years ago to where the club is now is. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not continuing that upward curve. So I think Harry's ambitious. I think, you know, yes, he's captain of England, that sort of thing. And what a, an honour that is for him. So he's able to still do all that being at Tottenham. But it, as a player, you want to win things. And you he, he has to believe that the club can challenge. At the moment, I'd be very surprised if he would, would be thinking that. In terms of Daniel... I mean, if that sort of money's thrown <laughs> thrown at him, then of course I would think it's something he would think about. Yeah. The problem being, obviously, the the reaction that he would get from everyone within football, within from Spurs, would be a negative one, and would then look at Tottenham as not being a top club by because they're selling their best. But players. in some ways, it's not dissimilar mm. to the situation that you found yourself in. How I mean, actually, how close were you to joining Manchester United? Yeah, very close. Um, I mean, I had a clause in my contract which meant that I could talk to teams if they if they offered you know a certain amount, and United were going to do that. I remember playing in what was the Umbro Cup before Euro '96, back in '95, and after the game, Gary Palace was in the squad and you know come and spoke to me and said, you know, you know, we had the same agent, and he was just like, you know, the gaffer would love love to speak to you, and I was like, oh, okay, said so I think he's desperate to get you. Um, so he called me and he basically said, you know, what's the clause? And I'm like, what, you know, how much? I said, well, I'm not going to say. But what was being touted would have got me. And so I think it was, um, he said that he, I was the only player he wanted to sign that summer. He had a problem with Kanchelski uh, and just said, you know, Kurt, do you want to come up and have a look? I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come up. But, you know, the next day I was at, you know, Thrown Sugar's house and, basically, you know, he threw everything at me, wouldn't, wouldn't let me leave the house without signing. So, But the reality was, I was very happy where I was. And um, I'd played the best you know, football of my career. I was doing great with England. I honestly thought the United thing would probably come back and happen again. 
Uh, right. Unfortunately, you know, the injuries and that sort of thing um, then started from that season onwards, which, which was, of course, very disappointing. But, uh, you know, at that point, I felt that I was so confident within my own ability and I was getting better and better as a player that, mm. yeah, I, you know, I was loyal. I was very happy at Spurs and, and they just got rid of what would have been Hughes, Kantelskis and him. So that was probably what the, the decision was based on. Yeah. That, can I ask you that question? I wonder, I'm curious because the way you talk about your career and, and your loyalty to, to Tottenham and, and, and lack of silverware in many ways at Tottenham. Yes. And you sure. stayed there. And there's no doubt had you joined Manchester United, it, it, your, your, your trophy cabinet would probably be a lot fuller. And I think of yes, Alan Shearer and the decision he made at Newcastle when he didn't go to United, mm. a club where he would have yeah. won multiple trophies, but stayed at yeah. the club he long. Now, Alan will probably tell you he was happy with that decision. Are you are you happy with that? Do you think you fulfilled everything you could as a player? Forget the injuries. Mm. I know somebody who was injured. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, I think that... The, I would like to have gone elsewhere just because the tr- the treatment I got at Spurs was pretty bad, and I think I would have got right. a lot of, that situation itself would have been t- ten times better. Which of course would, I would love more than anything in the world. Um, but yes, obviously I'm still good mates with Ted and things like that, and a few of the boys. So we, you know, when you talk about it, you know, of course I would love to be, you know, walk around a golf course now, and I won the Premier League three or four times, Champions League, yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Um, and to have played in that team. You know, the great players that that team had, um, yeah. forward Keane and Skulls, Bex, all the boys, Giggs. I mean, what what a team. And to, and to, of course, to have played for Sir Alex. I would, I would love to have done that, you know, sat here yeah. now. Yeah. Who would, um, yeah. or when I look back at it, I just look back and I think, you know, with the situation as it was and what was thrown at me at that point, I believe it was the right thing to do. Um, okay. Would I much prefer, you know, have a nice big... Much much bigger trophy room um, <laughs> in the house with all with everything else and play at Old Trafford and playing the Champions League finals and and all those massive massive games. Um, yeah. yeah, I would love that. Of course, um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you, I but, but it's good that you only think about it every other day, Darren. Yeah, yeah. Here's a curveball, Darren. Here's a curveball, and it's come from what you just said Uh-oh. then about treatment at Tottenham. Now, I don't know if you meant medical treatment or whether you meant treatment from the terraces. I was watching the Britney Spears documentary today, which, if you haven't, you should. Yeah. And I, I know you both. I did watch it the other night, actually. Yeah, did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, just. What that poor girl's been through, I, I it's very yeah, difficult to describe. Madness. But I'm I'm wondering about you at that same time when 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 you picked up the the Monica sick note and and you were trying your very best yeah. to get back and play football. How how damaging was that period to your mental health? Wasn't easy. I tell I tell you that it was it was really tough. Um, you know, I think the fact is that people don't look at you, you, you as people. I suppose you see you as footballers. They see you at that point now people are Premier League starting to pay some real money, and you know we're earning good, you know, good money. So that's all they see. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, then they just, you know, the fans at Tottenham were always so good to me, and that's you know amazing. And one of the reasons, probably another reason why I did stay that year that you know it did come because when I first went to Spurs, I was 
pretty useless. But I remember you guys commentating on it. And I was getting <laughs> taken off week after week, week after week. Not and, me, you know, Dan. And I remember going, "Oh my god!" That, not me. Right? Not me. Exactly. Not me, Dan. Right. I literally got taken off in like six games on the bounce, and then. You know, luckily the physio realised that I'd had a hernia operation, and came back, and the, before you know, I think I was in Andy's team of the year. You know, how about that? <laughs> there you go. But the, but, of course you will. But, but but the fans were so good to me. The press hammered me, but the fans were great to me. So but it's always been that way. So in terms of answering your question, it was yeah, actually the medical treatment that I received wasn't right. great, and um, you know there was a lot, there's a lot of human diagnoses, and you know. I mean, one instance, I, I went for a scan knowing that I had a pretty much torn my groin. Um, and when I came back to the treatment area, you know, the next day, they said, oh, no, no, no it's fine, fine. And I kept struggling with it a week or week or two. And then I went and saw the England video and he said, well, you need to go and see the scan because that that, that's, that's an old tear in there. And I did. And, of course, the scan had disappeared. And the assistant physio told me, he said, oh, yeah, no, I think it was definitely torn. So wow. I mean, I mean, you imagine how my my family and parents were yeah. and all that. And I was also, you know, I was talking player. I just got on with it, and I said, well, you know, this obviously better never happen again. And speak to the chairman, and so, and he was like, oh no, no, it does. You know, the, the specialists tell you what to do, not the physios. I went, no, the physios does what the rehab, and the rehab is based on yeah. what the specialist says the injury is, and if they lie, then it pretty scandalous so so that is you know really disappointing and people obviously didn't know that and um i think you know when i retired i i decided to, you know let people know that i think my dad things like that were always like you need to let people know exactly what you went through yeah. because it's completely out of order so are you i, I, I don't want to get you into trouble here if this is something you've discussed previously that's fine but <laughs> um, so so actually they were covering up Injuries that you were carrying in order to get you back on a football pitch. Simple as that. Yeah, I think so, and I think that um, sometimes I took that in a in a good way in terms of oh, you know, well, you know, I'm really important to the team, and that's great. The reality is, I just love playing football, and I needed someone to say, "Hey, Darren, you're not you're yeah. not right," um, because I would go out and play, and I, I ended up doing that. I ended up playing with like torn, you know, Achilles and my groin. I mean, Christian Gross. I played in a game with a torn groin when I played with my left foot. I mean, it was ridiculous. And how anyone could get away with that is, is madness. Well, but, it's, um, it's, it's funny. Again, I, I, we were discussing it, Darren, before you joined us, Andy's problems and, you know, a generation that would take to a football pitch most weekends yeah. couldn't without an injection. But but just on the, on the mental health, how, how I mean, how, how bad was it that, that, never mind physically you couldn't do it, but that mentally you were under real duress? Yeah, no, I, I definitely struggled with it without probably know, knowing it. I think that yeah, I just wanted to play. But the reality was every time I'd pick up an injury, I'd then, you know, go in the shop and they'd be on the back page, sick note this, sick note that. And I was just like, oh, yeah. God almighty, really? And so I'd end up playing with injuries even more. Or And, and of course, what, what does that do? It makes it 10 times worse. And I think that's the biggest thing. And like you say, the team wanted me out there playing. Jerry wanted me playing. Christian Gross, whoever they wanted me playing, because the squads aren't what they what they are now. No, um, no. So, and you know, as a manager, you you know, to be fair to Jerry, Jerry was always really good to me, and to say you sure, you sure. I mean, I'd have the chairman Alan Sugar phoning me up saying, you know, do you mind going on the bench tomorrow? 
after we lost three games. <laughs> it, you know, it, it'll give yeah. the, it'll give the crowd a lift. And I, was yeah. like, and I said, and like, I said yes, and I was like, well, and we were three 0 up at half time. So it's like, oh, like so he came into the change room at half time, and he's like, see, like with a big smile on his face, like he worked, didn't it? And then, and then uh, with ten minutes to go, we're we're, we're only three two up, and they throw me on. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to leave our last question, Darren, to to Andy. We're both puzzled. Uh, It means more to him than it does me. Andy, it's all yours. Yeah, I'm looking to I was reading, Darren, that took me by surprise. I I was unaware of regarding you as a youngster, I think when you were about 16. Correct me if I'm wrong, but because your dad, you were eligible to play for Scotland, yes? Yes, I was. Yep. Right. And, and you went to Scotland for some yep. trials. Now, did you turn <coughs> my country down? <laughs> or, or, as I read, did they say to you, sorry, son, not for us? <laughs> I, 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 definitely the latter. <laughs> it, was, it was actually Andy Roxford. I think I was playing in the, the Portsmouth youth team and a couple of our playing for the England youth team and all that. And, um, I think I don't know how it came about, but I remember Grand Paddon. Paddon was like, Darren, you know, I think that um, we've had an inquiry for your, you know, they want you to come up and have a trial at Scotland because you're your dad and all that. And, you know, obviously my dad had done, he was done so much for me growing up as a kid and all that. And I was yeah. like, I was buzzing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go up there. Why not? I've, you know, I've, at that point, I don't even know if I'm going to be a professional footballer. Of course, yeah. So I went up there and it was, um, I don't think I played very well. I think I played right back in a trial game or something. And I remember Andy Roxford being there. And, um, I guess it worked out okay. It worked out <laughs> yeah, very well, yeah. if you don't mind my saying that. I don't think it's a decision that you regretted hearing, no. <laughs> I, did say no last, not I did say last question. I lied. I'm going to phrase it carefully, <laughs> and you can phrase your answer just as carefully. Do you think at some point in the future... Jurgen Klinsmann will manage Tottenham Hotspur. I would like to see that for sure. I think that would be great. Um, hopefully not for a while. Just hope that Jose can get things going, and um, we yeah, might we might win a couple of trophies. How about that? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, to answer your question, right, I would, I would like. I'd love, I'd love to see Jürgen back in the Prem. I'd obviously see but... So would we. Darren, it's been brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> Lovely. Um, uh, if, if you're Good dining to today, you. make sure it's early. Don't leave it until too late. You know that better than us, mind you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Don't worry, I do. <laughs> Enjoy, <laughs> Darren. For five days. <laughs> Great you, Darren. talk. Thanks, mate. Uh, that that was really good fun. That, I mean, brilliant. And and um, the prospect of Klinsman returning to Tottenham, Andy, uh, he, mm. has he gone? Mm. Let me just check with Luis. He's gone now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's gone, yeah. So he can't hear me. Uh, <laughs> no, he can't hear you. Excellent. My wife's good. Well, I think he was being very diplomatic, Dad, with his answer. So That's do I. I, I. I get the feeling that if, if, if harm were to come to Mourinho... I, I know who might be in the frame. That's um, well. That's for by, sure. Wait, by Harham, do you mean if they, if they were to get spanked in the final, mm. and if they were to miss out in the top four, yes, would that be harmful enough? Yes. Although, yeah. if I'm Jurgen Klinsmann, I don't want to see him selling Harry Kane. If I'm Harry Kane, no. does that does that keep me at Tottenham? Mm, maybe not. Yeah. Well. 
Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, by, the way, not. by the way, by the way, I reiterate what I said during that conversation. Certainly wasn't me that was battering him during uh, during our time at Sky. That can no, only have been no, you, I, you and no, Tyler. No, me. As, as he said, he was in my team of the year. So, <laughs> I, no, I was battering him. It must have been Mark Tyler, obviously. Uh, what does the week hold for you? When do you undergo surgery? Um, I, I, I've got to go down for pre-op test to, to London on Monday and then my surgery scheduled for uh, the 27th Saturday morning. So we will sp- we will speak next week? Yes, we will speak on Friday, yeah, definitely. Okay, all right. Um, to the rest of the world, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Yes. If you do that, you'll pick us up from automatically any any podcast site that you tend to subscribe to yourself. If you want to get in touch with us, you can on Twitter and Instagram at Keys and Graypod. Keys, A-N-D, Keys and Graypod. And uh, as we say every week, tell your mates, we, we're unsponsored. We're, we're looking to um, to do as best we can. It's a bit of fun and I uh, hope you're yeah. enjoying it. I'll talk to you next week, Andy. All right, fella. Talk soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 